IDSA and the CDC present the COVID-19 Real-Time Learning Network. Timely COVID-19 information curated by clinicians for clinicians. Be the first to know. Visit IDSA's COVID-19 Real-Time Learning Network for the latest COVID-19 resources for the frontline healthcare community. Go to covid19learningnetwork.org. Hello, I'm Amanda Jezik, IDSA's Senior Vice President for Public Policy and Government Relations. Welcome to IDSA's COVID-19 podcast series that aims to keep IDSA members, medical professionals, and the public informed during this pandemic by talking with experts in the field of infectious diseases. In this episode, we'll be talking with IDSA fellow Dr. Amish Adalja of Johns Hopkins University and Dr. Ali Mokdad of the Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluation about the forecast for the months ahead and what we can do to prevent future surges in cases. Thank you both for joining us today. Dr. Mokdad, your institution, the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation, has done modeling throughout the COVID pandemic to provide forecasting for what may lie in the months ahead. Can you tell us your most recent forecasting and what it shows for the next six months and what factors go into creating that forecast? When we do our projections for the future, we take into account testing, uh, hospitalization, number of cases, number of deaths, of course seasonality of the virus. We know COVID-19 is a seasonal virus. It follows the seasonality of pneumonia and, of course, density of the population, vaccines right now, mask wearing and mobility. It's a proxy of activity in each region. And right now, when we look at putting all of these together, what we are seeing is cases will keep declining all the way till the beginning of winter, fall, winter, and we will have a very close to normal summer all the way cases will start going up a little bit sometimes in September, October, and mortality will go up as well in October. But we will not see in the coming six months a rise in cases that's significant in the United States. We will have a very good summer. Well, that is encouraging to hear. You did say you expect cases to go up in September or October. What can you tell us about the forecast for next winter? Right now, what we are looking at for what will determine next winter is, in reality, how many cases we will have when we start our winter. So how good of a job we will do this summer in terms of vaccination, of course, and our behaviors, mask wearing and safe distance. And the next one is the variants that are circulating out there. Do we have a new escape variant that will make the vaccines less effective or that new variant is more likely to spread faster like what we see with B117, we saw with B117. So what we are looking right now is we will have a surge next winter simply because this is a seasonal virus and what's required in order to contain the virus, we call it an epidemiology herd immunity, will be at a higher level in winter than what is needed in summer because seasonality of the virus and people are moving their activities outdoor. In winter, we will see, and late in winter, sometimes in January, cases will go up. That's our peak next year. It will be half of what we have seen in the past January in terms of cases and deaths. However, if we have a new variant that's more of an escape variant, this could be a little bit higher, but it will never reach where we are or what we have seen last August, simply because of the vaccines. Vaccines are helping us a lot. The last point I want to make briefly is, if we keep our mask wearing at 95%, especially in winter, summer, may, we may get away with not wearing a mask as much. But in winter, if we do a better job in wearing our mask, we will not have a surge in winter. We'll have a little bump like what we have seen here in April. 
Thank you for that. Excellent points about vaccines and mask wearing. Dr. Adalja, you have been working in a clinical setting throughout the pandemic. How are things different now from how they were a year ago? They're extremely different. I just worked this weekend at the hospital, and it is a complete different environment where we are not worried about capacity, where we have very few COVID-19 patients in the hospital compared to what we had in the past. And we've got much better tools to take care of these patients than we've had in terms of medications, in terms of knowledge. It's really a whole different atmosphere. And this is really due to the vaccines because as Dr. Mukdad talked about, the vaccines are really decoupling the ability of this virus to cause severe disease hospitalizations and deaths from the number of cases. So while we we may see cases of tens of thousands of cases occurring every day in the United States, they're not translating into hospitals worrying about capacity. And that's because the vaccines are doing exactly what they're designed to do. And it makes all of our lives so much better in the hospital setting. Dr. Adalja, I think I'll follow up with the question that's probably on everyone's mind. Do you think we will ever see an end to COVID? When you look at what it takes for an infectious disease to be eradicated off the planet, very few actually meet that criteria. SARS-CoV-2, the cause of COVID-19, has never met that criteria because it comes from animals, uh, meaning it came from bats. It likely has an intermediate animal we don't know. It's something that has infected other animals. It's got a wide spectrum of illness with people that you don't even know are infected. So this isn't something that's going to be eliminated or eradicated. Remember, there are four other coronaviruses that cause about 25% of our common colds. This is going to go the way of, of, of that them. It's going to be kind of our fifth seasonal coronavirus, but it's not going to be a public health emergency because we've got enough people especially those high-risk individuals vaccinated, that it will never threaten hospitals again, that it will never be able to kill on the rate that it did. But we'll still see COVID-19 cases three years from now. It's just going to be a much more manageable respiratory virus then. And Dr. Adalja, I know you've been outspoken on the benefits of vaccination. What role does vaccination play in the months and years ahead? And what does vaccination in the coming years look like for individuals? Vaccination is still going to play an important role because that's basically how we tame this virus. That's how we remove its ability to cause serious disease, cause people to go to the hospital, cause people to die. So vaccination is going to be really key, getting that number as high as possible. And and I think of every person who gets vaccinated as a as a victory because it takes one more victim away from this virus, makes it makes the virus's ability to spread that much more difficult. So I think it's going to be really important. What we may see eventually are second generation vaccines, vaccines that might be part of childhood immunizations or vaccines that last longer or or have different aspects of them. Maybe they work against other coronaviruses too, the ones that cause the common cold. So I think coronavirus vaccines are now something that are, are here to stay. What the duration will be, when the optimal time to give them, childhood, adulthood, all of that's going to be worked out. We've got really great first-generation vaccines, but there are second-generation vaccines that are being developed that are not in the headlines that may end up supplanting these first-generation. So it's going to be, I think, a really exciting time if if you're interested in vaccines like I am to see how these all play out. But I think vaccinations are are really going to be the key to keeping COVID-19 from ever causing the problems that it caused in the last year or so. Distinction, excellence, service. Set yourself apart today. Become a fellow of IDSA. Visit idsociety.org slash FIDSA to apply by May 31st. We'll see now if either of you have any final thoughts to share with our listeners about uh, forecasting for the months ahead as we uh, hopefully start to bring the pandemic to a close and the role of vaccination going forward. Uh, Dr. Mokdad, I'll start with you. Any final thoughts? 
it's uh, totally true that vaccines are our way out of this uh, pandemic and it will make our life much easier. It will allow us to live with this virus, even if it stays around for a long time. And I agree, it will be with us for a while. So please go ahead and get your vaccine as soon as possible. I think, you know, we're entering a good part of this pandemic where we're going to see cases fall. This is something that we really have to attribute to the vaccines. And as someone who is a major proponent of vaccines long before COVID-19, I think that this really shows what the value of these vaccine technology is. It really allows people to reclaim their lives and makes uh, an infectious disease something much more tame. And I think we're going to see cases continue to be there in the, in the summer and in, and in the fall and in the winter. But we're going to have to change our focus from cases to hospitalizations and deaths. And I think that decoupling that the vaccine is doing is what we should look at. And I think that we have to really talk about the ability of these vaccines to allow us to reclaim our pre-pandemic lives, the lives that people have put on hold for over a year, and and, and really talk about how a vaccine improves your personal life, that it's of a value to you personally, because it allows you to do so many things more safely. And hopefully more people will, will hear that message and will get control of this virus even quicker than we are. At this time, I'd like to thank Drs. Adalja and Mokdad for their time, participation, and expertise. For the latest information and resources on the COVID-19 pandemic, visit IDSA's website, idsociety.org. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Tune in next time as another diverse panel of medical experts discusses the latest on this rapidly evolving pandemic. I'm Amanda Jezik. The views and opinions expressed here are those of the presenters and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Involvement of CDC should not be viewed as endorsement of any entity or individual involved with the podcast.